Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Howdy, hi, hello. My name is Tio. I play Claire Claremont. She's the Forgotten Vessel. Feels sort of like iambic pentameter, but not. Like, That's like right. Uncanny Valley iambic pentameter. 14? Uncanny pentameter. Yes. <laughs> Hannah. Hi, hi, hi. I'm Max, and I play the Paradox. My, my name is Hannah, and I play... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Look. And Kyle. Look. <laughs> my name is Kyle. I play Duncan the Vox. Incredible. There Actual iambic pentameter. Almost. Duncan and Max. I draw my sword. I also draw my sword. Uh, hold on. Roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> I got two. <laughs> well, this is going to suck. Duncan and Max, you stand at the threshold of the municipal treasury. The enormous vault door hangs open, revealing an amassment of wealth which dwarfs even the Klunkanax. There are stacks and stacks of gold bullion, cases of rare trading cards, legally and mortally binding IOUs, freezers chock-a-block full of blood, and enough pogs to last you several lifetimes. And in the far back, Behind a thin rainbow sheen that looks like the surface of a bubble is a space with a large sign that reads, The Time Reserve. What do you do? Question, Quinn. How do we know the freezers are full of blood? They have those, like, glass doors. It looks like, you know, at the grocery store. And you can see (laughs) rows and rows and rows of blood bags. Okay. Oh, it's not just, like, they have a glass door and it's just, like, a half-filled aquarium. <laughs> it's just li- filled with blood. No, this is the bureaucracy. It's organized. Of course, it's organized. Of course. <laughs> I look to Max and I point across the whole room and I say, oh, I'm glad they labeled it. I wouldn't know what the hell that is. Now, question, Quinn, the, the time reserve, it's a metronome, right? It looks like a metronome. This room almost looks like a church. There's okay. like a rectangular space in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of like rounded vestibules on the sides and in the very back there's a vestibule that sort of bubbles out and the entryway the aperture has kind of a bubble-like sheen sort of like a translucent oil slick Mm -hmm. and there's a sign in front of it which says the time reserve at the center of this vestibule there is a small podium with what looks to be you know you're a little far away but what looks to be a metronome shaped object okay you know, I, I also know that every single church that I've been in has a fridge containing blood. So this That's is true. very, you know. Architecturally, in no other way is this like a church. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the layout. It is indistinguishable from a Christian cathedral. <laughs> is it transmutation or transubstantiation? Which denomination are we going here? Sorry. Uh, anyway, Okay. Quinn, are we inside the room? Have we gone in yet? I am. Uh, That's up to you. Oh, okay. Also, I realized I called these vestibules because I don't know church language very well. I'm looking at a a layout. They're called transepts, actually. So, sorry. Is that where the little, where they have the stations of the cross? I think that's, let's see. Yeah, they're just like little side rooms, basically. It's the two parts forming the arms of the cross-shaped. Oh, okay. Cross-shaped. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it's the short end of the cross. Yeah. So this is like a cruciform church. It's a rectangle with some side rooms <laughs> branching <laughs> and off. And another. Okay. 
Okay. Yep. Cruciform is when the church looks like a cross in the layout. Yes. I regret describing the geometry of this room. <laughs> so we're, is it directly across from us? Yes. The time reserve is at the far end. Okay. So where, where the priest would be. Yes. Yes. Okay. We'll get away from the Christian symbology. And terminology. <laughs> the apse. A large semicircular or polygonal recess in a church, arched or with a domed roof, typically at the eastern end, usually now, containing the altar. Now, do these have flying buttresses, Quinn? No. <laughs> Is it gothic in nature? In that it's dark and underground, yes. Okay, so it has like maybe rib vaults? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're done pretending like I know anything about it. You know what? No, it's a church (laughs) underground. Yeah! Just what I've always wanted. (laughs) So, Duncan is in the room already. Uh Uh-huh. Has there been, like, an alarm or the pogs gonna attack us, Quinn? Like, have we... Nothing noticeable. Nothing noticeable. Okay, I also go into the underground church. (laughs) Great. <laughs> Does anything happen? No. Okay, I'm going to walk towards the bubble, the soap bubble. Anything happening? No, I mean, I think, well, you tell me, Max, if you're agog at the vast wealth here, perhaps in currencies you're less familiar with, but nothing happens to you. The wealth in here doesn't spring to life. There are, is no sort of alarm or anything. The room just is as it is. It's interesting, but like pogs are not, you know, and since a pog. I know I may have acted a little recklessly there, but I, as Max goes by, I put a, a hand on, on their shoulder and I say, I know it's extremely tempting, but maybe don't poke the bubble with the Zweihander yet. Damn it! Oh, that was going to be my move. I was going to poke it with my sword. <laughs> I know. I wanted uh, to cut you off right <laughs> Before you did that. Max, the one thing I will say is that even last episode when you felt something strange, like Mm -hmm. alluring but wrong, before you even could see the time reserve, you knew that this is what it was. And that feeling becomes more pronounced and and perhaps sharpened as you draw closer. Uh, Okay. It's not time travel. Oh, but it's but time it is travel a feeling adjacent. of yeah, yeah, like Ooh. kind of like your stomach falling out from under you, uh-huh. and like yeah. a feeling of like uncontrolled potency. Yeah, mm. yeah, it okay. Time juice, mm. which makes sense if this is as advertised. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Quinn, before we go much further, I would like to assess our surroundings. Are you mostly interested in the time reserve or are you kind of looking at the whole room? I was going to look at the whole room, but Duncan, maybe you want to look at the whole room and I'll inspect the time reserve. Yeah, I was going to start by looking at these blood bags, curious if they're labeled. Anybody that we know. Sure. Anybody anybody we know. Is there a whole (laughs) Claire freezer or so kind of looking, not necessarily at just like, okay, that's a mountain of pogs. Got it. But some of the more curious collections they have here sure yeah yeah so why don't each of you give me a roll to assess reality yeah yeah dice yeah dice yeah dice Uh, no bad dice oh mine's a a seven no okay three (laughs) oh 
no. I was okay. expecting a one with that reaction. Oh, well, it no. was two ones oh, on the, the dice. It's the same result. <laughs> true. It was as low as I could roll on an accessory. Oh, oh boy. Oh. Yikes. Well, let's start with Max. Okay. So on a mixed success, seven to nine, hold one. You get one question. I would like to know, are there any dangers that I haven't noticed? I have noticed the bubble. Do not fucking tell me it's the bubble, Quinn. Do not do this to me. I know you're thinking about it. You're going to be like, oh, it's the bubble. (laughs) It's not the bubble. No. In fact, you don't feel that the bubble is actually dangerous to you. Okay. The bubble is like a containment vessel of some type for the time. Yeah. As best as you can intuit and feel. You don't think anything bad would happen to you if you entered it. The vast reserve of time Mm -hmm. is potentially dangerous. Not like on its own, but like... Time travel is inherently a dangerous sport. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The one other thing I'll offer you for this is the relationship between the time reserve and the metronome is potentially dangerous if you don't sort of understand it. Mm, Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so you kind of, I I just imagine Max, like, posted up at the edge of the bubble, just kind of, like, sitting. Thinking. Sitting. Yeah, doing this thinking statue. You've got your hand on your knuckle. Yep. And then you, like, bounce up and pop around to just kind of look around. As this is happening, Duncan, you, you start with the blood banks, and you open them up and start poking around. Here's what I'll give you, because you would learn this just by looking. Yes, they're labeled. They all have okay. different names and dates on them. I, I think you see some people you recognize even. I do know a lot of people. You do. Just like different residents of town. Mm-hmm. And as you are searching through this, it's cold. It's very cold. These are frozen. And I think your motions start to get a little janky. And you wind up spilling a bunch of these frozen blood bags onto the floor of the municipal treasury. And there's a loud clatter, and now there's just a bunch of frozen blood shards shattered all over the ground. Broken blood bag bits. Yes. Duncan, Duncan. <laughs> Quickly melting. <laughs> yes, and they are beginning to melt. Oh, uh, icky. It's like if this was in black and white, it'd be like one of those beginnings of an infomercial. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like, like... The thing and all the blood bags come and break. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you need the blood be gone? <laughs> blood be gone. And then Claire's voice comes in. <laughs> Welcome to Blood Be Gone, our door-to-door service. We'll take your blood and move it wherever, to whomever you choose, or use our on-the-go system to find a blood match in your area. I've never needed Claire Claremont more than in this exact moment. (laughs) Tia, what's the name of your product? Blood Be Gone? It's blood, but both of the O's are a trademark symbol. Like an infinity? Gone. Yes, it's like an infinity, but it's constantly moving and you can't really track it with your eyes. And that is part of the trademark. Uh. Claire did try to trademark the or copyright the word blood and was very confused about why that wasn't allowed. Incredible. Also, if you print it, it does start bleeding. Oh. So you want to be very careful. Oh, oh and generating business. Yeah, exactly. Course, good. <laughs> it automatically uh, charges you. You know, it has your card on file. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, this is wild. Okay, cool. Love that. Fun. What else has happened with this big old bloody mess? Uh, that's it. I mean, okay. it's just uh, the, the shards are beginning to melt. My hands are covered because I'm trying to toss them all back into the fridge and <laughs> hold the door shut. Oh, boy. 
I give you a big bloody thumbs up. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's... I love it. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I can visualize it perfectly in my head, and I love it. <laughs> I, d I don't love it. We're okay here. This, uh, no one... No one will know. No one will. Yes, no one will know. It was no like one this. Figure this out. Okay, Quinn. I would like to like walk through the bubble. Can I get through the bubble? Yes, you step through Ooh. and you experience a sensory overload, the likes of which you have never experienced in your entire life. Really, my entire life, my entire time traveling life. Yes. Never. Have you ever, ever? been immersed in a room full of pure time? No. I then yes, not. never. Then never in your life have you experienced anything like this. Oh, sick! Does it tickle? It's yeah. Max, describe what this feels like. It is sensory overload is the term that you use, but I think that's too. I don't want to say too cheap of a term. That's simplification. It is like every single demand on my senses is being made, and it's like really, really physically taxing. But it also means that Quinn, when I concentrate, like I feel like I'm sort like I'm getting close to being able to tap into my ability to time travel. It's just like. This is not a place that I want, want to be more than about five minutes because otherwise I could get stuck. Yeah. Like, it could shatter me. Yeah. And what I would say about your time travel ability is that you feel like you're in the driver's seat of a formula race car with no steering wheel. Yes. Yes. You have all the horsepower and none of the control. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I see the, the metronome? Yes, you can. It is sitting on this pedestal, and you see the pendulum bar ticking back and forth. Very smooth, very steady, back and forth. Quinn? Perfectly. Quinn. Yes. I would like to put the pendulum bar behind the hook. Max, can you hear me? Can I hear him? Max. Max. Can, can I hear him? Max. Max, as you put the bar behind the hook, time stops. <gasps> and Duncan Sick. stops mid-sentence. Oh my god. Ah, this is so cool. Okay, I unhook it from the hook. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. Um, yeah, I... It's kind of scary, and I made a big fuck-up with all the blood stuff. <laughs> uh, so I don't want to touch anything anymore, but... Hello? Quinn, I would like to take the metronome of perfect time off of the pedestal. Fabulous. Kind of back and forth, you flick it a little bit. It, it looked weird. Ah, uh, and then what happens if I walk through the bubble with it? Max, you pick up the metronome and you feel time slow. Uh-huh. And as you look up, you see a series of frozen figures leading back to where you crossed into the bubble. They are frozen in place like still frames, save for the occasional wobble around the perimeter of their shape. And each one of them is you. Oh. But also not you. At least not any you that you remember. Oh. One has waist-length hair and a billowy dress to accompany a keen longsword. Another's face is split diagonally by a brutal scar, cutlass strapped to her nautical garb. There's one with loose white robes and a scimitar, punk rock vibes and a cleaver, tunic and a basket hilt blade, ball gown and stiletto, chef's knife and a jacket, full plate armor and a flamberge. You look over your shoulder, just behind you, 
and you see the image of you in a skirt and blouse with a claymore. You recognize her immediately from the picture that you found at Somewhere Elementary. What have all of you done? What have I done? As you take in these images, you spot one more, standing just outside the bubble. Uh So thin and flimsy and filmy and semi-transparent that you barely noticed it at all. It looks almost like a different person, styled and carrying herself so differently from you. But looking through the hall of mirrors, you start to pick out the similarities. Your frame in the sleek black waistcoat, your face behind the cravat and cap, your eyes and cheeks beneath the blush, your hair dyed blonde and pinned back decorously, your hand fair and manicured, grasping the hilt of an ornate saber. It's Elodie. Big enough, it caused Discord to mute you for a second. (laughs) Claire, you are waiting just beyond the entryway to the Code Compliance Division, a labyrinth of paperwork, cairns, and karsts at your back. You just dispatched your new friend and sentient stapler, Grippy, to go staple together a bunch of complaints about you into materials for your campaign platform. (laughs) Not friend. Aw. Minion. Tio. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Tio, do you do you recall a time in a season ago when I had a sidekick? Yes. I think this is your sidekick. You know, I'd be okay with that. I do kind of treat Clippy like my dog. So sidekick is better than that, mm-hmm. I think. It's a lateral. It's different. It's different. Yeah. You can I contemplate this. Yes. <laughs> Business partner. <laughs> business partner, yes. I mean, aren't we all Claire's business partners? Way, yes. yes. Whether that's, we want to be well, or not. That's, that's, that's actually that's, true. That's like for Claire, it goes business partner, acquaintance. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. You know what? I amend all of this. Grippy <laughs> is my communications director. Incredible. Love it. I'm glad you brought on a communications director approximately 30 hours before the election (laughs) you know better late than never (laughs) that's true so are you getting up to anything while you wait for grippy to return or are you just kind of chilling i am getting up to something okay i would like let me see the most appropriate way to do this thing that i'm not supposed to be able to do why don't you just uh why don't you just tell me what you're what you want to do and then we'll figure out yeah but if i don't have my loophole already i can't argue <laughs> you into i can't persuade you into doing oh, it no we have to play the game absurdia <sighs> i know instead of just trying to loophole my way in okay instead of loophole hour loophole hour yes <laughs> i love a good loophole that's our lawyer one shot it's a legal oh, no. shot. Oh no. This is technically I'll just legal. Be in charge of snacks. Yep. Um, Letter of the Law, that's the name of it. Instead yeah. of Spirit of the Law. I would like to leave an invisible message for folks in code compliance to find later. Okay. Like a good note or a bad note? An informative note. A note that has a request in it. An important okay. note. 
but essentially the way that like you would have like invisible ink and I'm thinking I want to leave it on the floor is probably the safest bet or that desk that I was near maybe on the desk is if that's probably a better spot if I can still get there. You're pretty far from the desk at this point. Okay, and there's no other desks around. Not visible ones. Okay. You're very close to the exit to code compliance. You're just, I imagine, hiding behind like a stack of papers to avoid detection. Is there any kind of wall around me? Am I close to a wall or just stacks of paper? No, I mean, there's the wall where the doorway exiting out is. All right, so then I'm going to do this on a wall. I'd like to leave an invisible message that is visible only when someone walks by it. Okay. Isn't that just a message? Yes. Okay. I don't know exactly how I would do this. I have an idea, but it depends a little bit on whether you'll let me. I buy that Claire has some sort of ink that only appears after a certain amount of time or something. That doesn't feel that Mm -hmm. absurd. Absurd. (laughs) Yes. I guess what I'm thinking, though, is it's almost like proximity based. So when someone who works in code compliance walks by, it is visible to them as they walk by. But it is not just, it doesn't just appear. So like if you're not within like a foot or two of it, you will not see it. What is your goal with this message? I would like to leave a request for someone in code compliance without alerting city council or the city at large. Like, I'm kind of um, putting my fate in the hands of whoever walks by this particular stack, but I'm hoping that that individual just might be willing to do me this favor when they're approached in this, like, kind of secretive one-on-one way rather than, like, knowing that it's a request that everyone has heard. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So here's how I think I'm going to actually do this. I don't think there's any reason to think that Claire wouldn't have some, you know, bullshit disappearing proximity ink. That's fine. Sure. The question here is like, <laughs> how far we can come. you deploy it in a way that makes this effective? Mm, can you yeah. do it in a way that won't just be discovered on mass by code compliance officers, but will reach, you know, maybe someone who might be amenable to whatever it is you're requesting? Mm. Which, by the way, what is the request? What is the message here? <laughs> to think about how I want to word this. I think I think it's something along the lines of um dear dedicated neighbor I comma Claire Claremont comma hereby promise to comply with all codes retroactively and moving forward in exchange for the truth about the city council. I'm going to leave it a little vague. Okay. So this is going to be a call for aid roll. You're asking for specialized help, specifically credentials and access or historical records. Either way, this is a call Mm -hmm. for aid roll with bureaucracy. Awesome. I'm thinking about two ways of doing this because you're doing this in a very roundabout way. I either want you to roll later when someone finds it, or I'm going to roll and you will not know the results. I kind of like the second one. Is that okay with you? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's Yeah, I think that's fair. Picky. The only thing I'm going to say here, this is my attempt at not a loophole, but uh, to give myself an advantage here. Okay. What I have offered up here is to do everything that code compliance wants of me. 
which if if this works like any other bureaucracy and you are an individual agent within code compliance, this is a huge caller. You would be the best code compliance officer in the history of somewhere, I would imagine, if you got Claire Claremont under control with code compliance. That should be a pretty big motivator and maybe counts as a plus one on my end. <laughs> That's my pitch. I'll give it to you. Sweet. Yeah. So does that turn your total bureaucracy reputation into? That would put me at a minus one instead of a minus two on bureaucracy. All right. Okay. Okay. My dice are upstairs, so I'm using an online dice roller. Uh, I'm going to roll these. I'm going to write them in my notes, and we'll come back to it later. Okie doke. Here, I'll get you Foley just so you can. Nice. That sounds like it's a win on my end. There you go. Okay. You inscribe this message in your special proximity ink and slink away. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Never to leave this room. (laughs) I will leave as soon as Grippy gets me what I need. I'm waiting on my comms director. What can I say? That's true. Yeah, never go in front of the public until your comms director can consult with you. So about 30 minutes later, you hear the telltale kerthunk, kerthunk, kerthunk of a German Shepherd-sized stapler bounding over linoleum flooring. And <laughs> emerging from the bowels of the code compliance department, you see Grippy bounding towards you, pulling, like a sled dog, several very tall stacks of paperwork that have been viciously lashed together with forearm-sized staples. Excellent. I love him. He's done nothing wrong. He is perfect. Hello. Well done, Grippy. I pat Grippy on the head. Thank you. Yes. Here are your complaint towers as requested. Excellent. Can I carry them on my own? How, how would, what's physically the situation here? You could drag them. I'm imagining like three 10 or 15 foot tall, sort of wonky, like they're not perfectly straight towers. Okay. So you could drag them, but you could not carry them. Fair enough. Could Clippy drag them? Yes. He was doing so with zeal. As Grippy delivers these to you, he says, Would you complete a quick survey rating your satisfaction with city government services? (laughs) Hold that thought, Grippy. We're not done yet. Okay. I'll remind you again in five minutes. (laughs) Excellent. Grippy. Yes, Claire. You're with me till the end, right? Sure. The end of our assignment. Yes. The end of our assignment is outside. So I'm going to need you to like... I'm going to hop on top of you and you're going to drag these behind you. We're going to be the coolest like rodeo you've ever seen. And we're going to ride straight on through to the front and build this tower. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Yeah, like a cowpoke, you go bounding forward atop Grippy, the German shepherd size stapler. <laughs> I think Grippy Free Willy style leaps over the two co-compliance officers who are completely caught off guard by this. And you bound into the lobby of City Hall. Inside, now that you have a full view, you can see that the other candidates have made some progress on constructing their platforms in your absence. The PTAs appears to be the tallest, although they're only maybe halfway to the dais. It looks pretty sturdy. It's fashioned from all manner of municipal materials. C-Mac is actually in second place. His is made entirely of thick ribbons of red tape, really shiny, that appear to be wriggling and writhing against one another, almost like they've been tricked into knotting themselves together. Mm. Solar is close behind C-Mac with a jagged tower of what you're not sure, but may have once been motor vehicles. 
Mm-hmm. And Mina's platform is actually the shortest, barely reaches off the ground, but it looks very sturdy and it's connected to a bunch of really thick tubes and pipes that are extending out from the Department of Public Utilities. And of course, Savannah is buzzing through the fray on one of her producer drones, offering color commentary to the audience, who seem to have been largely pacified in your absence. There's no sign of Jackie's toy soldiers or your Clarigan loyalists. I do believe I rolled that they were not. One of the things I did was that they're not going to stop until they complete their mission, though. You're right. You did. Yes. Yeah. All of them are frozen in place in (laughs) what appear to be mid acts of rebellion. Okay. So they're not moving anymore. Okay. (laughs) Subdued. Great. I'm going to set up shop right in the middle. Grippy. Tower, build, stack the stacks on top of each other. And as I say that, I'm going to turn to Mina and go, Mina, come with me if you want to live. Did that, did that feel good? Sad. It did. <laughs> I didn't do the accent. I wasn't going to do the accent. <laughs> but I am making the reference, yes. Grippy begins assembling these towers sort of together. It is immediately clear to you that it's not going to be enough to get you to the top. It's probably not even going to be enough to get you halfway. Ah, not with that attitude. (laughs) Rude. Okay. So Grippy starts stapling these stacks together, but it's clear he needs more. And so he, I think, very quickly starts bounding back into code compliance. Fair enough. (laughs) What's Mina's reaction? I think Mina looks up at you and gives you a bit of, it's somewhere between withering and pitying look, and then just goes back to what she's doing. How tall is hers compared to my stacks? Hers is only like two and a half feet off the ground. Like I said, it's like a platform, not in the sense of like a towering campaign platform, but like it's very flat and sturdy. But mine is taller. Yes. If you want more than that, I will need you to roll to assess reality. While Grippy is getting more paper, I'm going to walk over to Mina. And as soon as I'm close enough that we're talking and it's not audible to everyone else, I go, Mina, darling, you're going to want to speak to me because I know who was hired to sabotage you here. Claire, I'm a little busy right now. Yes. And I pat the top of her thing. I can see that. Don't take this the wrong way, but there's literally no way you're going to beat anyone else here with what you have currently. So why don't we just take a beat here? I have some good intel. You're smart enough to know when to pivot, right? Pivot strategy. Uh, Give me a sway roll. Okay. To see if Mina is willing to hear you out. Oh, Sway is one of my fractures. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Oh, well, that's a 12. On a 10 plus, they'll do it for the reason you gave them. When you get a 10 plus on a fractured move, though, pushing through the difficulties of your fracture to actually succeed does cost you one essence. So mark one essence. Oh, boy. Mina, she's got like kind of like a weird looking wrench contraption that she's using to... It looks like a Rube Goldberg machine, kind of. It's, like, comically large and has, like, multiple branching wrenches, and she's using it to, like, screw down multiple plates at once. And she pauses briefly, looks at the other candidates, and says, I can give you two minutes. Claire just kind of smiles pitifully, like, oh, okay. Like, you think two minutes is going to make a difference. Okay. (laughs) Hear me out here, Quinn. Just hear me out. I am hearing you. Claire pulls what looks like a little wand out of her back pocket. What it actually is, is it's a nail art 
designer. So you tap it against your nail and it creates a design for you from an Etsy shop that Claire has managed to get users to upload their artwork for free to that she then sells through this thing. What's Etsy? Betsy through the okay. Betsy shop, great. Um, which is all the fun things that Betsy, the artist, has managed to convince other artists <laughs> in the neighborhood, in the town to uh-huh. put up for free. Mm-hmm. But it does it through like a little electrical pulse is how it puts the art onto your nail. Claire takes it and without any hesitation or any indication ahead of time, immediately just taps it straight to Mina's neck to give a little jolt. And as she pulls it away is like, I could incapacitate you right now, but I'm not going to. My point in bringing this up is that I have been hired by the PTA to sabotage you this round, but I'm not going to do that. And here's what you're going to do in return for my beautiful generosity. I'm listening. You and I may not get along, but I would say we both agree that the PTA is far worse. Yes? You see Mina's veins pop a little bit in her head. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of variables to consider, Claire. I don't really have time to go into the full calculations about which one of you I despise more, but you're you're both high up there on the list, okay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You trust me more than the PTA. We both know it. I know you more than the PTA, that's for sure. Yes. So here's what needs to happen. If I don't do this, they will find someone else who will incapacitate you and who will sabotage you and you will be out of this entire competition. So instead, you're going to take the L. I'm going to put my big stack of papers, which my wonderful new communications director is is setting up for me on top of your platform here. I'm going to take the win and then I can promise you that not only will I never take a seat on council, but I will also make sure that the PTA doesn't get their wish, which is to annihilate you. Claire, the PTA is in the lead right now. Don't know if you've been paying any attention, but they're probably going to win unless I beat them here and now, which I can do if you leave me alone. Aren't Mina and I in a a tie right now? The two of you are functionally in a three-way tie for second place. The PTA is well ahead of both of you and Solar, who's your closest competition. Okay, yes. Yeah. So if I beat the PTA at this competition, according to the rules of the election, what does that mean? All three of the challenges are an opportunity for you to impress the audience, the voters. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you win one of the challenges, it's likely to boost your standing in the polls. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So this this still stands with what I want. I want to beat the PTA in this challenge. And I think between Mina and I, I have the better chance to do that because if the PTA has asked me to sabotage Mina, they've probably asked other people to as well. So if I don't do it, someone else will. But my promise to Mina is if she throws this and lets me beat her, I promise that at the end of the day, I'm not actually going to be on council. Because Claire 100% doesn't believe that any of this is actually going to lead to a change of council. She's yeah. convinced oh. that something else is going on. So that, like, if you win third place, something will happen to like dissolve the council. and Yeah, so she just wants to make sure the PTA doesn't win. And she's trying to explain to Mina that like you will not beat the PTA in this round. There's no, I just don't believe that's possible. Mina looks at you and she says, I know you think I can't do this, Claire. I can tell, but I can and I will. And unlike you, I actually want to be on council. So here's my counterproposal. Why don't you go stop the PTA and we'll have the same agreement. But like you said, we know each other better. You know, I'll actually uphold my end of the deal. They won't. So to get a sway roll, you have to offer a convincing reason 
this is not convincing to me now. She wants to win and she thinks she can win. She doesn't think there's any reason for her to throw this when instead you should just go mess up the PTA instead of messing with her. Okay. How much time is left in the competition? Do we know? There's no time limit. It's just a race to whoever gets to there first. Okay. I look at Mina. I go, okay, Mina, how about this? You're all about, and I don't understand why, because life is far more interesting when you don't know what's about to happen, but you like guarantees, yes? Yes. We can go ahead with your plan and let you attempt to win this, but we need to have a plan B go time. If we see that the PTA is on the precipice of winning, I need you, in the interest of the town and of your own future here, to admit if you cannot win this, give me the look at which point we swap strategies to mine. Can we agree on that? Yes, I can agree to that. Okay, here's the look. And I give her like this unbelievably <laughs> undeniable, like my pupils go pure black. And I'm like, oh, if I give you that okay, look, that's... or if you give me your version of that look, it's time to swap strategies. Agreed? She looks at you and you feel the horrendous burden of being observed, which only comes with Mina's auditing. And she says, understood. Great. I'm going to start walking over to the PTA. What's Grippy up to right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You finish this conversation. You start heading to the PTA's campaign platform. And as you do, you see Grippy coming back with three and a half more big stacks and heading towards your pile. But when he sees you, he breaks off towards you and comes to a kerthunking plomp right at your feet. Although, again, Grippy is the size of a German shepherd, so he yes. gets up to like mid-torso and says, This is your reminder to complete the customer service survey. Please complete the satisfaction survey. Yes, yes. I will be satisfied when we have completed our task. You only have one more delay. Oh, boy. Okay. And then Grippy bounds off towards your platform. Oh, wait. Grippy! 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 Yes? Let's scoot our platform right next to Mina's, okay? Can do. Okay, great. Please remember this when the survey comes around. Oh, I will. I have so many notes for the survey, so much feedback, full sentences. It's going to be delightful. Hey, folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 29 of Monster Hour Absurdia. I am coming off a lovely camping weekend amidst the trees. 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 So we'll keep this intermission short and sweet. Our four-year podversary is coming up on August 2nd, which is completely wild. I can't believe that we have been doing this amazing, ridiculous dice pod for four years. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting the show. It has truly been one of my favorite creative endeavors. And on behalf of our whole cast and crew, thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. To celebrate four years of Monster Hour, we are partnering with friend of the show Susanna from Dragon Knight Dice and Dornvale, and the voice of Brandusa from Season 1, to do another run of official custom-made Monster Hour Dice. I didn't even get to talk about these here in the intermission last time because they sold out so quickly, so I am doing it in advance this time. They are super rad. They are hand-painted. They have the MH logo where the six normally is. They're gorgeous. This set is going to be the surreal, dreamsicle color palette of our Season 2 logo. Uh, they come in sets of 2D6 with an optional D20 if you're into that sort of thing. And they're going to be going on sale August 2nd, so keep an eye on our various social media channels for a link to go grab your set.
Gifts are not necessary, but if you want to get us something for our podversary, now is a great time to tell your friend, neighbor, coworker, rival, or fractal echo from a past life about Monster Hour. Or remind someone who hasn't listened but you know would enjoy it. It's a it's kind of a weird time to be in the podcast promotion advertising sort of space, especially for shows like us that really build up our audience on Twitter, but nothing beats good old-fashioned word of mouth. So if you've enjoyed the show so far, let folks know. Finally, a reminder that if you want to let us know that you're enjoying the show or connect with other fans to chat about episodes, discuss theories, you know, etc., you can do so on our Discord channel, which as always is linked in the show notes. That's all we have for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in August 8th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Max. Yeah. (laughs) Which Max? One, parentheses, (laughs) question mark, and parentheses, Max. Yes. As you hold the metronome, this dilation of time starts to speed back up and these images start to get pulled in various directions like you've seen when things move through time. And as the metronome's tick returns to its normal pace, one by one, these figures fade away. All of them? All of them. Not including me? No. Okay. Am I still there? How many Duncans are there? <laughs> Just one. Max? Max? Yeah, my everywhere all at once is <laughs> saying Duncan <laughs> over and over again. Speaking of Duncan, hey Duncan. Yes. Yeah, you feel a little funny. Uh-huh. Not in a way that I think you could put words to, but you do feel a bit strange. I've never time traveled. You also notice that this blood is melting rather quickly, and it seems to be flowing together. Are there any quick cleanup stations like they have in pet stores? There sure aren't. Dang. And as this blood starts to pool up on itself, it gets kind of a luster to it, a sheen, Mm. and it almost seems to become brighter. Max? I I still don't know if you can hear me, but we should probably go. Do I see Max take the metronome? Yeah. Okay. She's holding it right next to the pedestal, basically. She she took it and turned around and then was just kind of standing there for a second. I'm going to try to wave my arms really wildly to try to get her attention. Max! And I wave, I wave. And I point at the blood coagulating and getting brighter. Like, we got to go. We got to go. As you point back... Your hand is grabbed by a viscous, lacquered pseudopod of red. Ah, uh, I, I try to pull away. Give me a roll to fight for your life. Oh, crap. <laughs> let go. Four. Yeah. Let go. Please <laughs> let go. <laughs> You try to wrench your arm free, and this thing wrenches back, and it is much, much stronger than you. Max, we got to... And it Hulk slams you to the ground, and it starts making its way into the paper cut that you got previously. Oh, no. And starts trying to merge files with you. This is deeply gnarly, and I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say merge files? Yeah, it's a bureaucracy joke. 
Get oh, it? Oh, got it. Please clap. Okay. Please laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while you're doing that, mark one harm and one essence. Shit, okay. Max, this is the scene that you see unfolding as time returns to its normal stream. Duncan is being assailed by a amoeba of red tape. Can I try to hack at it with my pocket knife? Sure. Are you trying to just kind of like get free or are you trying to like hurt it? Kind of get free. So it's, as it started to kind of go in through the cut, I'm trying to kind of like hold my hand and try to cut right at that spot to try to separate it from where it's entering. Yeah. Give me a roll to face fear. That's a eight. It will offer you a worse outcome, a hard choice or a price to pay. I think you can wrestle free of it completely, but in doing so, you know how you did a real oopsie with the blood bank? You're going to flail and careen around more and make a big old mess here. You can prevent it from worming its way into the paper cut, but it's going to wrap around you more fully. Mm -hmm. Or is there a third option here? Or it doesn't do any of that? A secret third option? No, because this is a mixed success. (laughs) Or or, not either of those, but a secret third option. But a secret third option that's way worse, don't you worry. (laughs) Which I will make up if you pick it. (laughs) No, I think it it makes sense that Duncan can cut it away from his paper cut, but in doing so, like, it has continued to wrap further around him. I figure the pseudopod kind of is, like, multi-tendril. It's more like a snake. But think of it like a boa constrictor with a loose relationship with gravity. Cool. So it kind of like hoops up and wraps around your torso and then loops around your other arm and then your leg and just starts squeezing. I'm not going to make you mark harm immediately, but like, yeah. you know, it's it's cutting off circulation. Mm-hmm. Limbs are starting to go numb. It's, it's not good, but uh, you have slashed and hand wrestled it away from your paper cut. So... That's a plus. That's that's, that's good. good. It's that's on good. the outside. It's on the outside. Yeah, keep it there. And that's what counts. Max. Okay, I am not putting the time metronome down because it is very special to me. Shit, I guess I do have to put it down. Max. Many many months ago, I was like, you know what would be a cool weapon is something that I have to use two hands. <laughs> This will absolutely not cause problems at all in the future. I assume you have like a pocket or something. I've got probably a small could... satchel, so I'm going to well, put yeah. the time metronome. Yeah, we could say that we brought a special bag for the thing we're here to heist. I'm not going to use my now what you didn't know on a bag. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, I, I think it would make sense to have a. Yes. <laughs> if we yes. came here on the heist, it was like, okay, we got the thing, but uh, look, where do look, we yeah, put it? I, I assume you have containers of some variety to carry your ill gotten gains. Kyle, in a past life, we planned a heist and didn't bring any flashlights. So I'm <laughs> just saying it's not beyond the realm of possibility that we planned a heist <laughs> in this version and didn't bring a bag to put anything in. But I'm saying fair, that if we I did. remember my past life, it wasn't a heist. It was a fight in a dark basement. <laughs> That we didn't bring flashlights. <laughs> Even to. fucking it's not, worse. Which is <laughs> no flashlights. Ah, oh. okay. I'm gonna put the the magic metronome in a bag. The problem is that it's not gonna keep ticking very regularly. That that is a, an issue. But I'm gonna put it back in there, and I'm gonna pull out my Zwei hander 
two-handed, and I'm going to let out a yell and go running towards Duncan and try and slash at this thing. Great. I also yell, ah! You go running out, and you hit the membrane of the bubble, oh, no. and it feels like you're running through jello. Okay. Give me a roll to embrace chaos. I would love to. Is the bubble an inanimate object? No. Damn. <laughs> well, I'd fracture anyway, because I'd have to mark an anomaly, and I am one away from fracturing. Oh, no. It's an eight. On a seven and nine, you choose an option from the list, and then I choose an option from the list. Okay. I'm running through time. I am stuck in time. I am timeless. I am just in time. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, it's clearly stalling for time. Uh, 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 I would like to briefly wield this power's effect. So the bubble moves with you. Oh. <laughs> you start to push out and it's slow going, mm -hmm. but you realize what's happening is that with the metronome in your pocket, you are pulling the time reserve with you. Oh. Oh, Okay. I can't negate your choice, but I can choose the same one. Ugh. I am also going to briefly wield this power's effect. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. <laughs> As you're pushing forward, suddenly you find yourself five feet ahead, and you stumble into and over Duncan. Oh, boy. And then you're at the entrance to the vault looking in, and briefly you see like a flicker of yourself stumbling over Duncan, mm -hmm. and then you're bounced back into the actual time reserve itself, and you see like the outlines of all these figures. Uh, and you start to see outlines of figures where you know you haven't been in this room. You're gonna have a minus one ongoing. Okay. As you bounce through time in this room. Ooh, sexy. Mm. Very fun. The alternative was making you mark an essence and fracture, but I didn't feel like that was fun right now. I mean, this is like, I have not fractured yet, and at some point, it's coming. It's coming for me. Okay, so I've... Yeah, but I don't want you to drop out of the middle of this scene. <laughs> As a fan of your character, I'll get you later. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I would be in pretty big trouble. Yeah, Duncan would be in real bad yep. shape. So you're <laughs> flickering back and forth in time. But on some fractal timeline, you are enacting the will that you sought out. So go ahead and give me a roll to fight for your life. Yes. Okay. With minus one ongoing. Love it. Uh, that's going to be a 10. On a 10 plus, you get to choose an extra effect. I would like to inflict plus one harm. Okay. On the bloody amoeba. I think I'm going to go with snake. It's become more of a snake now. The icky bloody snake. When it was pooling up, it was an amoeba shape, but now it's definitely congealed mm -hmm. into a flat snake-like appearance. Okay. But yeah, you, you slash it up real good. The harm on your Zweihander is two, right? Uh, it is. Sorry, I've got so many goddamn post-it notes on my <laughs> character sheet to remind me of things that I have keep forgetting. Uh, yes, it's two harm, hand spread, unwieldy. Okay, yeah, you carve this thing up real good. Bits of it fall to the ground mm -hmm. and liquefy, but you can tell they like are starting to, like the pools flow out and they start to move back in. So like, it's not dead, but it's, it's very much incapacitated and the little bits, Duncan, that remain on you, you, I think, are easily able to pick free. I shake like a dog. 
<laughs> Fabulous. Max, you do suffer one harm okay. in the act of doing this, I think, as it lashes out with one end of it. Okay. As you skip through time back and forth, that cut just kind of fades away. So I still have the one harm, though. Yes? You have your uh, your move where you suffer one less, That's I believe, right, right, I do. Yes, yeah. thank you. So. Aries, yeah. Aries, Aries, mm. Aries. Yep, yep, yep. I'm timeless. Okay. I think it's time for us to go. Did you have it? We got to go. Yeah. Yep. Time to go. We would like to leave, Quinn. Sure. Swiftly, carefully make my way out of the treasury church. <laughs> Duncan, you see Max is like literally skipping through time around you, not unlike the bus. And you also see that she is physically pulling the visible manifestation of the time reserve along with her. Yikes. Is that bubble including me now if she came over to the blood thing? Uh, yeah. And it, hey, Duncan, feels yeah. real weird. <laughs> I'm going Feels to real tingly all over. <laughs> oh, God. Can I try to grab Max? Uh, she blinks around to try to help pull her back out. You do, but like it just, it doesn't. It, yeah, grab, it, you, gone. you have no temporal authority. <laughs> Not at all. To arrest her. And so when she skips, you, you're just left with nothing. I don't have temporal authority over the radio station. Mm. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but given Max's chop chopping, mm-hmm. I don't think the red tape constrictor is in a position to stop you. So. For all of the strangeness of your escape, you do escape. Follow my voice, Max. Follow me. Okay. If you would like, you can shut the door to the vault as a fan of yes. your characters. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, yes. I would yeah. love yeah. to shut So we don't get door. attacked, but yeah, yeah, it's probably good. Yeah. I'll shut the door and then brush our footsteps so that we were never here. Everything is fine in there. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Hey, you asked earlier about an alarm. We did. Yeah, there is a flashing red light at the base of the stairwell that you got down here from. And a it's not like shrill, but there is a low key alarm. Kind of just like a boop, boop, boop. Duncan, focus on me. Boop. This is me. Gotta, right here. We got to get see? out. Max, can you do that thing again? What thing? That we did the last time that we were stuck in the bureaucracy where you took us through walls and stuff. I say to like all the different spots that Max keeps yeah. appearing in. Yep, time to go. <laughs> You're having trouble focusing on like the, yeah. the Max, real oh, Max. Sh- Max. Um, Max, can you? Ma- oh, sh- Max, hold. Max, <laughs> it's, stay. It's, it's this one right here. Stop. Right here. It's stay. This one. It's- oh, behind me. Stay. <laughs> Max, can you get through the wall? Where'd you go? Stairs. Max. Duncan, here's the worst part of this. You're hearing fragments of Max talking to you at different times. So this conversation is taking place across like different periods of time. So Max is saying parts of sentences that you haven't even thought of yet. And also responding to questions that you asked like a minute ago from different physical locations. I can go through the wall, but you can't. This is what happens when you're in a Zoom meeting and everybody's internet is syncing it. (laughs) How did we get in? You entered in through the abandoned parking garage. Right. You used the pneumatic tube system to bypass the doors and get straight into the Department of Licensing. Then you looked for the nexus point of basically all of those tubes, found the recorder, mm-hmm. and they were also located at the stairwell that led down here mm-hmm. to the Department mm-hmm. of Unlicensing and the Municipal Treasury. Okay. We went parking garage, mail tube, dock ock, staircase. Correct.
And you are currently at the staircase or going up. Maybe the recorder could help us get out. Possibly. Since you two are best. Oh, no. He might be the source of the alarm. We're good friends, but he is he is 100% bureaucracy. Okay. okay. So if our faces are wanted, he would probably grab us. Oh, Quinn. Quinn? Yes. As uh, Duncan, ask me how we get out of here. Go ahead. Do it. Max, how do we get out of here? But what you didn't know was, Quinn. <laughs> Incredible. I planned an me. escape route. Jackie and I stayed up late one night, and we planned an escape route. We planned a couple of them, but one of them is directly out of here, and it's through, Quinn, you're going to love this, it's through the air shafts, which I realize they don't all have air in them, but it's through the ducts. This is how we're going to get out, and one of the ducts will take us through a manhole cover that's actually right near the gas station. Don't ask how mm. it's going to get us there, but... That's how Jackie knows about the air ducts. It is an out. It is not an entrance. It is only an exit. Okay. I'm checking my box. Yes. Check your heist box. Yep. I have used it, and now I have a plan for us to get out through the ducts. <laughs> and what you didn't know is I have a okay. second box, and we're, we're leaving, so I, may as, I better use it. Duncan prepared audio recordings of him and Max that you could like plant in a bush to distract anybody oh, coming. In the in the bushes, in he, the many bushes. I thought there were some like planted pots. Oh here in the yes, okay. Between the treasury and the okay. Department of Unlicensing, it's like a audio recording of us trying to be like, oh god, oh well, we're so stuck here. Help! Oh, and it's just like making noise while we it's, go a different direction. Duncan, oh no, my sword is stuck in its sheath. Whatever shall I do? <laughs> oh, Duncan, oh no, I have my hands stuck in a file cabinet. Help me, Help, please. I've fallen and I can't get yes. up. Yes, oh no. Max, I've knocked into something and I've it's all fallen down and my foot is stuck. <laughs> Max, help, we're lost. Which way do we go? <laughs> okay, this is good yes. because... I don't think there's any like vents or anything down here. So I, I love this plan. I think you need to get to the Department of Licensing, which means you need to go up the stairs sort of at a minimum to enact your escape route plan. Okay. Which coincides perfectly with Duncan's flashback, which seems like the perfect distraction to escape the recorder. Yes. So, Duncan, mm -hmm. why don't you give me a hoodwink okay. uh, as you deploy your decoy Duncans? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Deacons? Deacons? No. We're back to churches now. <laughs> you're, you're Duncan decoys. And the Max misdirections. Uh, Duncan decoys and Max misdirections. Yep. Love it. So go ahead and give me a roll to hoodwink uh, and okay. roll 3d6 using your heist push yourself. Yeah. Ooh, on the dice, five and five. Nice. And then drop the four. So that's 10 plus two is 12. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, good decoy. On a 10 plus, they are fooled at least for the time being. I like to imagine that Duncan's been planting these sort of like as you've been making your ingress mm -hmm. and you have a little remote control thing and you pop it out. And throughout the Department of Licensing, we hear these like decoy <laughs> combos between you and Max. Perfect. And as you crest the stairwell, you see the Doc Ock hulking frame of the recorder lifted and carried off in the direction of one of your decoys as you and Max surface. Nice. And I think you can hear as the recorder is lifted away, Max, 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 Max. You broke the recorder. 
I didn't break the recorder. It broke itself. On me. (laughs) 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 Fabulous. I think you're able to find an air vent. Mm -hmm. And so you didn't have one down there, but you have one here. Give me a roll to, oh God, what did I call it last time? Welcome order. It's embrace (laughs) chaos, but when you roll, you roll minus chaos instead of plus because you are in the bowels of city hall. Okay, so this is, I'm rolling this? Yeah, so (laughs) 2d6 minus chaos. Oh my God, Quinn, this is so vile. But you get your free push from the heist move. And then also minus one ongoing. So, <laughs> no, actually, I think that's concluded as okay. as you get to the top of the staircase. The bubble has stretched so much that it's become non-existent almost. Gotcha. Okay. You can still feel the time reserve, but mm-hmm. the molassesy time skipping has. I'm not gonna say it's completely subsided, but it's subsided enough that the minus one ongoing is gone. It was a minus one ongoing for the scene, so I think you're good. Gotcha. Okay. All right, I'm going to welcome order. All right, so it's a six. Oh, it's a oh six. boy. It's a six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the push? Even with the push, I rolled a six, and I rolled two twos. The vent descends downward, and you and Duncan are vacuumed up into it, and you feel yourself moving through the innards, the guts of City Hall. A profoundly unpleasant experience. Max, you had a plan for navigating this Mm -hmm. and almost immediately lose control of it. Like your ability to actually direct where you're going through this vent system. You and Duncan are siphoned and suctioned and after a few minutes, blasted upward, emerging as though erupting from a geyser in the lobby of City Hall smack dab in the middle of the final challenge. (laughs) 